This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Dembele on 101.9 High FM. A very good evening to all and welcome to tonight's edition of Beyond Governance. My name is Nimrod Dembele. Once again, I'm delighted to share space and time with you on this glorious Tuesday evening. In this show, we, we, there are no holy cows. We strive to push for objectivity, bottom line. However, we, if we err, we sincerely like to extend apologies. If you missed our conversation last week, uh, I would like you to wait in, an, in, in tonight's conversation via SMS line, uh, Telegram, or, or through our emails. Our SMS line is 34519. The Telegram is 0161-895-1019. And, of course, my email address is nimrod at highfm.co.za. You're welcome to throw in your Twitter at highfm. Before we go, before we get into the thick of things, allow me to do the right things by acknowledging, acknowledging those who came before me. Uh, Kathy, thank you very much. Simon, and of course, and David for gracing the airwaves. And I'm sure they'll be back tomorrow to keep you entertained, if not informed. And tonight, as always, I'm not flying solo. I've got a regular folk here. And uh, once again, Tibos, thank you very much for keeping, for keeping me on a straight and narrow path. Uh, if you have just joined us, welcome once again uh, to Beyond Governance. Um, our menu tonight, um, would, we would have been joined online. I've just been told that the line is not that great by uh, one of the South Africa's renowned police analysts and political commentator, Dominsani Chope. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we can try and get hold of him. I wanted to put to him, as part of our agenda tonight, uh, his view on the president's uh, weekly letter um, uh, entitled Capable State. Um, and let's just see whether Dumisani will be joining us uh, online just to, un- uh, just to unpack exactly what the president's view has been because I've got a very interesting insight on that particular newsletter. And over and above that, we'll join by Justice Indaba, who is a regular commentator of the show, wherein we unpack quite a bit on the state of the state of uh, um, SOEs, state-owned enterprises. I beg your pardon, because you will realise that over the past couple of weeks, there's been so much happening uh, in that in that space, and which, in my view, does not necessarily take us any further. Uh, but I suppose things have to, you know, go pear shape before they are resolved. Uh, obviously, I'm assuming that leadership that um, is that is entrusted with, you know, that is entrusted in shaping the narrative to for 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 better, uh, is actually doing something. But before we get into that, I'm going to take a minute as a norm just to reflect on what is what we found interesting uh, over the couple of weeks or incidents that we found interesting over the couple of weeks or, or couple of days, uh, we've noted that Helen Mashaba, the former uh, mayor of uh, city of Johannesburg, is launching a party in June. Interesting. What's your take on that? Could he be the breath of fresh air that the country needs? Or it is just going to be one of the political parties that you know, uh, uh, starts and evaporates in all time? Based on his pre- based on his private or based on his previous performance as the mayor of uh, uh, Johannesburg, what has been your view in relation to how he managed the the city? Was the city better off, or was the city be- worse off? From a political party point of view, what do you think his ideology is all about? Because if you want to contest politics, or if you want to contest uh, any elections 
or when you're starting a new political party, the basis of a party is ideological disposition. What do you represent? What is the philosophy? And what is your value add? And the extent to which what you're putting on the table is completely different from when, from any other party. It will be interesting to see whether Musi Maimane will join him as well in that particular issue. Uh, because, I mean, the two, in my mind, represent um, a very fresh perspective of South African political landscape. They just need time. And, and perhaps maybe it's, it's about time that we have um, a cleaner party, you know, party without a number of um, um, shenanigans or party without um, historical baggage. Because most of the parties that are currently at play do have, you know, inherent fractitious tendencies which are born out of their history. A new baby has no history. To reflect on, but only the future. I guess it's it's a it's a question of wait and see. Let's wait and see whether um, Herman Mashaba's party will take us from this quagmire that we find ourselves at. Bearing in mind that he's a business person, perhaps maybe his ethos will run along business principle. Merit and meritocracy will be something that will be presented for most of the political parties. A fail when it comes to that. Race will will be discarded. And we ought to put our best foot forward. Could there be a party that will be doing that? Well, that's my view. Let's wait and see what's going to happen. The other issue that I want to reflect on very briefly is my take of the stalemate at Transnet. I've noted that the Transnet does not have a CEO. Um, by implication, some of the decisions that ought to have been taken by the board uh, don't necessarily find expression in how the CEO needs to take them through. There's this tension between the there's this tension between the the, the, the board as represented the, the board as well as the shareholder the shareholders are represented by Pravin Godan. so so for me that's something that needs to be resolved and which begs the question if the board is the custodian of governance if the CEO reports to the board to what extent do we anticipate or expect the shareholders' direct involvement. If the board says, these are the candidates that were presented before us, we've looked at their credential, their pedigree is quite above board, they've got you know, requisite skills, competencies, and experience, they have managed this kind of complexity, these are the top three, four, five candidates that, that we present to you as a shoulder to endorse. And what happens if the, if the, if the line fun, function minister, as a shareholder, saying that no? What are the implications on, on, on governance? And what, what does it really mean from the board point of view? If I was a board member, how would I react if the shareholder is not in sync? Isn't that already a, 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 a contentious point that could potentially derail delivery? Anyway, these are my thoughts. You tell me what you think about that kind of quagmire. I think I'm done with a bit of reflection. I'm going to get into the gist of tonight's conversation. And I'm told Dimitri uh, Shop is not available. The line is actually not uh, pleasant where he is because he's out of the country. We will soldier on. Um, the what, what I wanted to reflect with him was the 
president's weekly submission or weekly letter that he normally circulates around. And this time around, the president was quite keen on addressing merit fundamentally. He argued that capable state is brought to life by official and managers who possesses the right financial and technical skills and expertise. He further went to say, we are committed to end the, uh, the practice of poorly qualified individuals being parachuted into positions of authority through political patronage. There should be consequences for those in public service who do not do their work. Close quote. This is the position the president has taken, which in my view needs to be applauded. Somebody needs to take stand against the consequence which has been brought about by political patronage. This raises a question though, inasmuch as from where I'm sitting, I applaud the president for taking stand and actually making his views felt around the consequences of political patronage in, in, in so far as dilapidating the state. We are in a fairly, what's the word I'm looking for? We're not in a palatable state of being as a state purely because we have had incidents of people who did not possess financial and technical skills in positions of power. I've just joined by, by Justice Ndaba here. I'm going to put to him, now that uh, Dumisani Shope is not in, um, Ndaba, you know, you're going to have to forgive me uh, if I'm going to throw you in, in, in the deep end. But here's a question for me. While we're in the same uh, line, the president went further, went further to say, struggling state-owned enterprise such as ESCOM and SAA are diminishing the state capacity. Granted, I mean, every time when they're getting a bailout, you are diminishing. What are the returns? There are no returns from time to time. I think it's quite spot on. Um, and, and, and the question for me is, over and above expressed views of the president in terms of ad- addressing or tackling the patronage system, the question is, what's new? What is it that the president is telling us that is new, one? And two, does he have the capacity to address the malfeasance that we've seen as expressed by the uh, uh, political patronage. Justice Nabo, welcome. <laughs> uh, uh, good day, Doc. Good evening. Uh, on a wet evening. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. What's mm-hmm. your take on, the, on, on this um, you know, uh, position expressed by the president, which initially, as I've indicated, I found it uh, laudable, I found it useful, I found it necessary to at least take the country in his confidence in so far as addressing the elephant in the room. Mm. But bearing in mind that he's not only person, we do obviously need a a line of sight in terms of where the country is going. He seems to be on the right track. But um, like I said earlier, this is what the president has put before us through that uh, weekly letter. It's not new. Two, does he have the capability to address it? Thank you very much, Doc, for your question. In fact, I, in preparation of the show... (coughs) I I was listening to uh, some of our old podcasts and I found that uh, in one of the shows in 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 20 in 2018 late 2018 um you asked me the similar question actually and one of the turnaround pillars because 
your question was what what would be the turnaround pillars uh, of SA Inc. and and that is that is when uh, the president had just taken over, I think, uh, formally. Remember, he was acting then; he was formal. And you asked me the same question, and I, I I'm glad to say that one of the things that we said there was that we need as a serious pillar of turnaround of South Africa, a professional and capable state. And we said it as far back as that. In fact, we should maybe play that podcast at some point. So to answer your question, I I, I think this time around, look, I agree with you, there's nothing new that is just said. Okay? But it makes a um, a difference uh, especially if for the first time you have the first citizen um, pronouncing on 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 that issue so equivocally so for the first time uh, for before we've had rhetoric and we've never had it really as uh, amplified as we've had it now which which indicates that there's a will now there's a political will now that is the change in itself, perhaps is a false change because uh, I think the last eighteen months has revealed to the president and uh, the extent of, of of the malfeasance. And and in fact, uh, can I give an example? By all means. Okay. No. So I read an article today <laughs> of um, uh, uh, Emma Lasheni, where the whole department of traffic. Uh, was just uh, announcing the newly qualified um, uh, uh, traffic officers, right? And some smart journalist went and dug the background of all of the, I think it's 18 of them. And you know what? Of all of the 18 bar two, uh, about 16 are related to the mayor, to the council members, either daughters or cousins or, 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 or whatever the case might be. One thing that didn't come through, though, I mean, there's nothing wrong with people being related to other people, but positions cannot be used and, and, and spaces filled up by only those that are closer to the politicians. So that is a typical case of what patronage does. And um, especially if those individuals, in this case, obviously, probably is not a, a good example in the sense that they have just come out of a year of training. But the fact of the matter is that opportunities for others that are not closer to uh, president uh, to, 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 to officials uh, uh, has been taken away from those that do not that are not closer to to the officials. So, one thing that we know for sure, if you go to any department. Okay, more and more professionals, yourselves, myself, other professionals, because of the intervention of board members, because of all the pr- problems associated with state entities, most professionals shy away from coming into public sector. So we cannot have that. That means that in, 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 in essence, um, in all state entities, state departments, more and more skilled individuals have departed. So which means that in, for anything to happen in any particular department, you have to acquire technical skills from elsewhere, which, which is where um, the likes of us in consulting come in, because then it means if they have to develop anything, something as simple as a proposal. You have to acquire that skill from outside. So 
We cannot afford to have that. Yes, we do understand that at a political level, you need to have political um, oversight. But any state in anywhere in the world, uh, the Scandinavians show you, needs to exist and operate irrespective of what party is there. So, so for, for, to answer your question, I think that this time the difference is that it has been amplified. Um, the hand of the president has been forced. He's realized with digging deep into that, in essence, the things that they want to do are not possible unless the state uh, is capacitated professionally, where individuals that work in the state, we're not saying, for instance, you do have um, certain departments like Treasury, like uh, especially in the economic cluster, where you still have uh, technical expertise. But even then, uh, there's a lot of frustration in terms of the experts that that want to go in there. So we we really really need to see from the highest of office to say there is backing, there is will. Now we need to make the climate conducive, conducive for professionals to operate. But here's something that I want to also uh, maybe get your thoughts around. Yes, I hear that the president, um, his pronouncement is welcomed. It's something that we desperately needed, and uh, it, 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 it's something that we as a, as a country needs to uh, embrace. The question that you and I and anybody who's listening to the show is, what will happen to people that were not competent or were, did not qualify to be in those positions. Yeah. And where it has been established that they gain access to those positions based on the proximity to power. You know, one. And two is that they are not delivering, have not delivered. Mm. So president make reference to consequences, mm. which imply that uh, something is going to happen. Mm. But we do know that how toxic and how politicized administration is mm. what what would you what would be the outcome of president's pronouncement because if that's not policy it's mm. just his views expressed in a newsletter yeah look uh doc to 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 just um uh, uh, assist you as well i happen to have gone to one of the days uh one of the um over the weekend of the nec um uh, uh at Irene, so I, I, I got exposed to, uh, in fact, what the president ended up writing in the newsletter on, on Sunday at the, um, remember after the, 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 the final day, they did, um, a, a, a summary of, uh, their discussions for over the weekend. It was one of the resolutions adopted by the NEC. So what he said has been backed up by the whole group. So, in essence, it, it is now policy in a way, if you, if, if you, meaning that there is backup for, uh, for, poli- for policy and there is backup in terms of political will now from the party's point of view. So your question is what happens to those that are there currently, right? Mm. One of the resolutions that they undertook was that look, in terms of people that are in positions already, you, we will we, we look at it and I saw it as well. People are protected by the laws currently, yes? So you, we cannot really nearly go in and so. So what they didn't then said, um, in the next medium term budget, they're going to pronounce on, 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 
I think a, a developmental program of some sort. So there's going to be an assessment or a skills gap analysis. I'm not sure how they're going to tackle it of assessing the capability of the individuals and then taking them through. Obviously, um, they, that takes time, but at least what then allows, because if you remember, uh, they, there's still almost 30% vacancies in the state entities at the moment, in the state departments, just that some vacancies was, were frozen. But it now allows for the vacancies that are to be filled from now going forward to, to try and, 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 and ensure that uh, people are recruited and uh, in a transparent way and there is no favoritism and so on and so forth. And I hope that uh, professionals that exist uh, begin to apply if they are convinced that this now gives them uh, a way forward for them to go into the, the, the system. Now, Justin, thanks for that input. Perhaps maybe before you go, we're going to take a break. Before you go to the break, I want us to, you know, bed it down in practical terms mm-hmm. um, because I still believe there's more work that's going to be done because in this country we have got so many policies that are backed by even the NCT that, that you've made reference to, mm. and nothing has happened. So maybe uh, let's just think, because our role is not just to point fingers, mm. but also provide possible solutions mm. that could um, uh, support the state yeah. in uh, or build capacity for the state to assess to address some of the issues that we are pointing out to. Let's take a break. We'll come back in a second. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Dembele on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back and thanks for joining us. Uh, we are joined in studio by uh, Justice Ndaba. But before we enter the break, the question that uh, we were deliberating on is the views expressed by the president through his weekly newsletter, wherein he pointed out that uh, the days of patronage are over, so we are told. So... The, my guest in studio tonight, you know, basically going through, um, you know, this pronouncement, which I personally think it's a very useful, uh, outlook, something that we need to push, something that is desperately being, we've been desperately talking about it, but we need to go beyond talk. And the question is, how do you practically support the president to ensure that, um, these kind of ethos, is institutionalized for we don't need we don't have lack of you know if if this amounts to policy there are hundreds of policies that are meant to 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 drive economic growth and and majority of them you don't you don't agree with majority of them are not being implemented purely because there's either no political will or there are no consequences this time around it talks about consequences and the question is um is that is there sufficient power for him to implement Justice, your take as we wrap up this issue. <laughs> it's difficult to, 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 obviously my response would be from a, sep- a person that is standing outside. Um, um, I can only assess what I see as different this time around. I think in many ways in South Africa, many of the things that we are facing, I don't think we have a choice. And the more um, politicians are, uh, are, are, are convinced that, in fact, we don't have a choice given the state that we are in, the more the, the, the will will be forced on us because circumstances are showing. I mean, um, uh, that um, someone was telling me today that um, just over January, um, 
the people who came in from the Zimbabwe, uh, 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 they, there's, there's over and above the, the people that have been here in 2019, there's an estimated 600 to 800,000 more people that came in from Zim in Jen. So whatever, however you look at it, even the resources that we currently have are, are a problem in the sense that there's just an oversubscription at the hospitals, at so the services that are being accessed are a problem. So I think that there is a will this time around. Uh, we've seen it. I've just heard now that um, the Minister of Energy has just announced a new board, in fact, about 15 minutes ago. Um, so when you look around and you look at the qualifications of the new board members, um, there's a fair spread of, of qualified individuals. In fact, I know one lady, uh, Sinamile Masango. She's a doctor in, in chemistry, and, and which is the right field in terms of NEXA because NEXA deals with nuclear. Uh, she's highly qualified. Um, so that is a start. So we, we can only say we will see it when it happens. So more and more, if ports... And another thing that maybe, uh, Doc, you could... Um, uh, ask or, or, or we should talk about is that the the president did also mention the fact that um, uh, 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 they would make sure that there is no political f- interference. Uh, did you remember that statement? Look, look. I mean, the, again, that's not new. You know, that's that's new. But but maybe <laughs> hold on to that thought because that's not new. Uh, I'm glad you you just raised the the pronouncement uh, by the minister uh, minister of energy. Um, um, you know, in terms of the new board that he, that has that he has appointed, mm. and qualification being one of them. But here's something that I wanted us to talk about that speaks directly to that. Um, you know, the the current chairperson or acting chairperson of ESCOM. Mm. Professor Mampuru, a renowned molecular immunologist, physician, public health advocate, academic, a sterling researcher. Mm. I have a lot of respect mm. uh, for, for, for Prof. Mm. But he's now been deployed at ESCOM. Mm. ESCOM deals with energy. Mm. When you look at Professor Mahoba's qualification, experience and exposure as an academic, a researcher, a physician. Mm. And here we are deploying this resource. You know, at some point he has been a, a health ambulance. Mm. Uh, the first, he, the first one. You know, yeah. he has done a sterling work. Mm. You know, life as a demand, you could see mm. there was fit for purpose in terms mm. of his ability, capability, and, and, and how he managed the area of the field. Mm. There's no doubt about it. Mm. And when he's now been announced as the interim chairperson of ESCOM. I want to come back to the point that you raised mm. um, in terms of qualification, mm. um, which, uh, you know, which, which, one, which is one of the critical points in terms of appointing new board members. Mm. Isn't yeah. there, at the face value, I mean, mm. yes, let's not discount his experience and so on and so forth, mm. but I, I get a sense that we're repeating the same mistake. Yeah. In bringing people into those kinds of positions, with all due respect to the prof, you know, which is a, an, an, an 
accomplished administrator in his own right. Mm. But at the board level, bearing in mind that Goko at some point informed us and there's been more and more insight as to why ESCOM failed purely because the skill and comp- uh, skill, competence and experience at the board level was, was, was inadequate. Mm. But right. now you've got a chairperson who comes from a completely different field overseeing a very complex environment. Aren't you repeating the same mistakes? Because I promise you, you know, the, the prof is not going to last. Mm. Well, um, I'm one of those that believe that um, as a board member, uh, qualification does not necessarily mean uh, you have to be, for instance, the board members that are at ESCOM need to be necessarily experts in power or energy. Yes, they need to. What I look for in terms of qualification is participation in various boards. In other words, execution, um, having been members of boards, because at board level, just really, just governance. Just, no, just for crying out loud. <laughs> I hear you, but, yeah. but you're missing the point. Yeah. It's not about just qualifications, it's about experience. Yes. We are moving in a space where, um, you know, the, the performance at a board level was lacking purely because majority of people, even the former, uh, you know, chairperson, Jabu Mabuza, did not have. Uh, no, the, no, no, but, no, but, 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 but I want to get to the point. You the know? point is, the point is, if you look at board participation, right? If you take Jabu, you've, Jabu, uh, you would find that he's, he's been a member of close to 10 or 15 boards before. So he has experience at, at, at board level, right? And prior to ESCOM, we do have, a, 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 um, a demonstration of his abilities at, at, at telecom, which faced almost similar problems, which was just as, as complex as an entity. So while he did not have, uh, experience as a, an energy person, we know that he had experience as a board member. Now, Professor has, has participated at commissions. He's, he's, stand, he's, stand, he's been a member of other boards before. Now, as long as you capacitate the executive, right, you have uh, very competent executives. At board members, you do have, you, need, you just, do need to have we, we, we're gonna engineers agree, and We're going to so disagree on this one, okay, Justice. I, but, but here's, he, can I, we agree I, with No, disagree. no, no, no. I'm going to get Lassie to come through here, you know, because here's, uh, Lassie, thanks for joining uh, us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And sorry for making it late to the Here's the situation, mm. you know. Uh, I'll, I'll yeah, catch up. Yes, yeah. I, Professor yeah. Malhub, ma, Professor Malhapur Mahoba, mm. a renowned scholar, a researcher, and a, an accomplished individual in his own field. There's no doubt about that. You know, I'm one of those who really admire him. You know, but the question that I'm putting before Justice, which we we disagree, we disagree. is mm. is his deployment as the as an the, um, as an acting chairperson of ESCOM. Hmm. Which, by the way, has been riddled with inconsistencies in terms of qualification experience and exposure. So if you are a chairperson who needs to interface with the board as well as an executive, if you are not positioned for at least from the content point of view, because executives submit reports to you as a collective to interrogate. And how do you interrogate um, issues without Required skills and competencies. Yeah. 
Let me come in and uh, my humble apologies. I, I had uh, uh, some spiritual commitments before I came here and uh, unfortunately did not anticipate that it would rain and it, uh, it mm. delayed me. Look, uh, my point of departure on this, on this matter and uh, I would actually probably uh, start with, uh, I think, a broad premise that says the one problem and a very serious challenge in the political space of life is that uh, people spend 90% of their time, their energy and their enti- entire time in office chasing after schedules. A shadow is a reflection of obstructed reflections. I don't know if it makes sense. And uh, all the time, when you create a shadow, you create an imaginary world that anyone would not tangibly relate to that can have something that they can physically understand as what gives effect, uh, a, a form, shape, character, you know, to, to a substance or something that is tangible. So politicians have a tendency of always bringing dreams and illusions Thank from, you. From Pet. And all the time, they will make us chase after shadows. Because, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I'll be very direct. The president was the deputy president of the country for five years. Mm. There's nothing new that he doesn't know. And the deputy president of the country, who's a deputy president of the ANC, is at the center of the deployment of cadres in government. It is actually inherent in the authority and power of the deputy president. You can go through its constitution and its life. So there can't be any situation where anyone that serves as a president that has had an opportunity of serving as a deputy president would actually suddenly have a selective amnesia and only begin to realize that there's a problem when he is a president. So 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 I think uh, you know when we really engage in this discussion set debate, we must separate between chaff and substance. And I think it is chaff all the time that politicians find the time, an opportunity to speak, that they talk about something as if it is new. It is new in their heads. <laughs> and the problem is that they spend too much time with each other, that they talk about the same things all over again, slogans, strategies, and all of those things with very little implementation. And they end up believing that world of illusion where they live. And when they come to the reality, they are completely divorced like birds in the cave <laughs> from human energies, you know, that can be exposed to light. So... I want to let's directly into this question. Mm. The issue of experience, of exposure, credentials, illustrious, uh, you know, career, and whatever else that you can bring around an individual is a very important point, and I agree with. But it can be that when you have to deal with issues that are so technical and important, such as an uh, electricity generation, electricity distribution, and, and of course, the three parts, without wasting time, uh, uh, into which they are now going to create separate entities of a failed mammoth, uh, 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 you know, uh, 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 entity. Uh, entity, which I don't think that the problem lies with the separation of the combination. The problem lies with leadership. If leadership is scattered, like a situation where, for instance, you have two parades, but they functions completely separate from each other, interrelated and don't communicate. Where people that are in the same meeting, people that are briefed by the same minister, briefed by the same administration, one will say the lights are on and the other will say the lights are off when both of them are looking at the same situation at the same time in the same space when there's light or when there's no light, but they see two different things. And, and I think that's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a symbolize, I think it, it symbolizes lack of leadership at that level, but in biology or uh, psychiatry or psychology is called bipolar problem. <laughs> so the problem we have in the political space is a bipolar problem. Where people talk, talk this thing that is called in tongues. They all say all manner of different things and when they have to come and account, 
Their, their memory does not begin with, uh, I'm President Senator Ramaphosa. I was there 10 years ago, 5 years ago, and I've been following what has been happening in government, and I know these are the mistakes that we committed. This is what I did when I was part of the government. This is what I observed when the weaknesses. This is what was done. This is what we failed in achieving. And this is what I think we can build on, on what constitute our failures. I said last week, and I repeat, the problem in South Africa and Africa is that we have a vicious, endless cycle of endless beginnings. <laughs> Where when you're 25, you reason like you're a, a child that has not as yet bent. You can't. You can have a professor. You can have 18, 18 or 20 professorship. If all what you can relate to insofar as electricity is just switching on the button, on and off, he would, he would definitely be like a standard zero. <laughs> because all what you need is exposure, exposition that is directly, and in 25 years, we are saying we can't find an official, we can't find any capable person that has been able to keep the lights on. And here's something that... For that many of those years, because load shedding is something that has not, like, just started like a miracle. You know, when we wake up in the morning, like the rain we had, it's something over which we have no authority and power. Absolutely. It is the ecosystems and the skies <laughs> that we have no control to, but which you can impact on by our behavior environmentally in terms of degradation of the of the environment. But for, for 25 years, you want to tell us that you can't find some someone within the electricity energy space that can, when they close their eyes, be able to relate to what it means uh, to talk about the industry fourth industrial revolution and artificial intelligence insofar as the energy telecommunication and all other related and infrastructure related so come on let's but, but, not play let's but, but, not play but here's another issue that that, that compounds other versions that that, that compound for me that compounds um the the challenges um at the leadership level we now have all things be equal we we'll have the good prof as the chairperson and we have andre director as the ceo both of them, at the face value, do not have what it takes in terms of energy mix, experience, exposure, and in-depth understanding. I saw a graph that talks about chairpersons and CEOs in 20 years, about two or three of them. And they were comparing how many CEOs and chairpersons that ESCOM has had in this very brief period of time. So if you have an organizational paralysis that also leads to what you can call a huge Stuff turnover that impacts on memory. Whoever comes in will have to begin from zero. Zero is where we all begin. We've just been joined by Eric Stillman, <laughs> a regular voice as well. Eric, you heard a very hard debate uh, from from Lassie. He's really shooting from all angles. What, what's your what's your take? Uh, thanks. Hi, Lassie. How's Justice Nimrod? A uh, quick uh, one. Um, just to take stock of the couple of main events this week. Uh, I heard you just now, Justice, saying the NEXA board, they've announced new seven new board members. And I just had a quick look here, and it seems quite diverse. Uh, just in terms of judging now the actions that are being taken right now, can you, and you said one of the guys has really got good qualifications. It's a lady. A, a lady, mm. okay. Um, so, you know, have you got any anything to share on the other people, the quality of people that, that have been appointed right now. Uh, just a quick one. The other one I wanted to reflect on is Cyril staying away from a World Economic Forum. Yeah, we'll get to that, but I yeah. just wanted your view on, on, on the issue that Lassie I brought. Lassie was my hero last week when we spoke. I said, <laughs> Lassie for president, we go back 30 years, Lassie and I. Lassie, uh, he's looking a bit backwards. Lassie, 
you want to have an impact, you've yeah. got to now look at where we are and where we're going and say, how do we make it work? Yeah. Philosophically, it's not going to help us. But ag- ag- again, please answer us, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Comrade Justice, on, on why is it that we always recycle leaders? We throw them as if they are props that are, uh, are, are suitably suited to just fill in that gap that there must not be any leakage of water. Why can't, why can't we I, find I, 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 I must profess that I'm one of those that are against recycling of skill and leadership. So my standpoint is quite clear there. However, the point that I was making, which, which I still stand by, is that um, board members uh, that are effective um, do not necessarily need to each have a technical skill in te- insofar as the organization is that they are leading, they need to have. Because the organization itself would have competent engineers, would have uh, even at exco level competence. However, mm-hmm. because remember at the board you have oversight. Yes, in the board you would have a mixture and a spread, just as much as you would have, for instance, uh, the current or the proposed ESCOM board. Already there are proposals to include community members, there are proposals to include some of the union stewards, so that you bring about diverse views at that level, right? So for, from insofar as that is concerned, as long as, for instance, the individuals that are there are not like me, then probably they don't, they've never been, they've never sat on any board before and so on and so forth. So as long as we have experience at sitting at, at complex boards, running multiple organizations, for me that is sufficient and that will carry through. So on the next, uh, um, next board, for instance, uh, the previous chairperson who's been there, uh, has just resigned, also didn't have a nuclear experience per se. However, for the past 10 years, NEXA was a high performing, uh, organization. Uh, it's just that the destabilization of <coughs> two, two years ago, since, if you remember, from two years ago, then the board was destabilized. And then, um, recently many of the board members resigned, uh, by themselves because, you know, there were issues clearly at a political level. Uh, other than that, NEXA under the radar were a very high performing state entity. So the point that I was making really is that if you look at the appointment of the current board as well of NEXA, I don't know many of the individuals. I would still have to analyze that, but I at least have knowledge of one person, hmm. um, Sinamile, who's a, fi- a, a, a nutrient and uh, she, yeah. she's a, a, a chemical expert as well, mm-hmm. uh, um, and she has a PhD in that. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, she has exposure internationally of, of nuclear. Yeah. Thanks, Justice, for that point. As we're wrapping up, I mean, we've got like five minutes. I want us to hone our conversation on this particular issue. Um, what is the context? I mean, we grow in economy at less than a percent. Mm. I've looked at the latest stats from um, IMF, for example. For 2020-2021, the projection is 0.8 percent. All right. This is a this is a, a contextual issue, and all the SOEs are bleeding money <laughs> right through. We've got SONA that is coming, which the president needs to make pronouncement on one of the strategic pillars of turnaround and SOEs are going to be at the center of that. And and on top of that, there are all debate about restructuring and not restructuring, which don't really see the light of the day. It's a matter of we'll see where things are, are going. 
classical example, we lost 20.7 billion rands at Eskom alone last year. When you look at um, SAA, over the past 23 years, I've looked at the stats, we have lost close to 57 billion rands. Hmm. Okay, so take your Eskom and SAA, just the two of them, um, I've, we've got about 90 so billion rands that has just evaporated. And the Moody's are, we're about to make, I've, I've, I've said last week, without being a prophet of doom, I don't see the change, you know, in as far as restructuring is concerned, because we're not growing. Because ultimately, it's not about the, it's not about, you know, the numbers. It's all about growing the cake. That's the bigger picture. It's not about how do we manage what we have. It's all about how do we grow the cake. Yeah. That's the biggest issue. And, and having said that, the kinds of deployment that are dubious in my mind, I think don't really take us far. I could be wrong. As we're wrapping up. Yeah, I, I think the fact that Cyril stayed home from World Economic Forum to go to the, a, a, the NEC meeting this week and tackle the threat uh, on, on, on Pravin Gordon and what he's trying to do in terms of restructuring SOEs and controlling debt together with the Treasury, I find that quite encouraging. Um, uh, 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 yeah, so, so it, you know, the leadership that I think people have been waiting for from Cyril um, is the question is, has he asserted his authority? Because the talk the last day or two after the NEC meeting, it hasn't been that Cyril is now under fire and Pravin is going. He's had to step in and take control. And that's what people have been calling for. And I hope that he does and assert himself because he's got the knowledge of what he's got to be done and how to do it. Um. I'm glad that you mentioned, uh, you actually likened the economy with a cake. <laughs> and uh, all what has to be understood is that if this cake is what was baked, having in mind the number of stomachs that has have to consume it, historically for a l- period of time, it has to be anticipated that if the numbers of those stomachs increase, and that cake is not increased in terms of the new ingredients that you get in in, 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 in baking that cake, it, it will keep on shrinking because uh, it means everyone must then get a little bit of a piece. If you open the borders that are so porous, like nothing. I think if one day we can just do a statistic analysis of the numbers of people that got in from 1994 into our country, we'll actually be shocked that uh, if these people can go to a field where they have to be met, they can actually be very close to a population that can be more than two provinces. I'm not necessarily bringing a xenophobia. But there's a reality that if you really are not aware of the fact that the management of and taking care of this cake starts first and foremost with the effective, better management of public affairs, the leadership that comes in managing the affairs of the people. And we're not saying build a Chinese wall around the borders, but it must be something that concerns us. If there are two very critical dimensions that inform how budgets are distributed from government, which is demographics on one hand and the economic performance or activity, then surely uh, statistics must be a critical driver of ensuring that you keep the numbers managed. But it also not, it's not supposed to be just about numbers of people that come in. It must also be about the language, the message, and most importantly, what you, you really co- co- communicate as a, an important point of responsibility 
that you must not have a situation where a population doubles, triples, or becomes five times what it was ten years ago. And you can't manage it. And you can't manage it. So, so it's about policies. It's about also, you know, there's a lot that needs to be done that also got get into, you know, economic policies that bring certainty that also, as he said, uh, my, my, my good prof said, that does not bring disruption of what you want to achieve in a long term, on a long term basis, on the basis of which you mobilize all stakeholders to share and converge around what you can call national interest and national contract. If you don't have that, then you are going to have a situation where you don't factor into your thinking, into your planning, into envisioning what is called risk assessment, mitigation and disaster recovery. You will therefore run a country like the president is doing, that you will be called to cut short your visit in Egypt, you will be called to cancel meetings to divorce. These are things that do not just happen. <laughs> they happen because it's just the same as no, not, not thinking that something is brewed when you're looking at water that is stable. Absolutely. There's something that you must always think about beyond the surface of water to say, but this is how the situation will be and this is how I can mitigate. Thank so you. I, I, I'm impressed, yes, I'm also equally happy, but I think that with better leadership, you can anticipate 5, 10, 15, 20 years, the very problem of not going to Davos. Charles, there's your parting shot. We've got yeah, literally just, 10 seconds. Just two things, really. We have a problem in South Africa. I mean, one of the classic examples is our tax base is eroding. That is a fact. Uh, so the problems that this government is facing are, have not been seen before. Uh, we've just reduced the tax base from 5 million people to just about 3, 3.9. So that is, if it doesn't concern anybody, is a problem. So those are the facts that we are facing. But also, the problems that we are facing in a public sector space are not just that. Even private sector. Samanko has just served Section 189 to its people. Uh, 2,000 people have to be retrenched. Now, how do you retrench um, <laughs> when you have a world uh, majority of, of, of... Remember, in Chrome terms, we, we have 50, 51% of the international market. How do we then, as a dominating uh, industry like that, still find yourself... It means... The cost of production, it means it just, it is just becoming quite expensive to extract the, because remember we have half of the world's chrome here, and yet we still find, so the difficulties that we are facing in this country are quite difficult, are immense, and, and I can tell you now that they are across the board, between private, public, it just is a problem of South African economy, and the world economy at large, those are the complex we're dealing with. Absolutely. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. We're going to have to wrap up. Uh, I want to take my head off to Eric, um, um, you know, Justice Ndaba, as well as um, Lassie Chimawo for um, insightful thoughts. Uh, since, I sincerely hope the listeners have thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, which was thought-provoking as it ought to be. The idea is to build. The idea is to ask critical questions that are meant to shape the narrative for the better. Um, the, the idea is not to, to humiliate or, 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 or to be nasty to government. You know, we just need to be factual on issues that ordinary South Africans are talking about. We're going to push this envelope again next week. Until we meet again, <laughs> have a good one.